0: The Cleveland Browns are back at practice at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus on Thursday as they continue their preparations for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Today on From the Podium, we're going to hear from three players and the Browns' three coordinators to give us their thoughts on the matchup with the Jaguars on Sunday. The coordinators were up first. They spoke before practice started, and special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone led the day off. He talked about how good of a special teams unit Jacksonville has and what impact Mike Ford Jr. has brought to this team. I'm just curious,
1: like, once it hits the ground, what the teaching points there do you? Yeah. Do you hope he can catch it to grab I, it off
2: the bounce? Yeah, so uh, Evans m- mishit the ball, was a short kick. Came off the foot a little bit funky. Ideally we would have loved to have fielded that thing in the air because we had space to go and unfortunately we didn't. Um and then, you know, coaching point on playing the bounce is ideally you'd like to be about eight yards from the ball and square like head up on it. And then if it and if it kicks right to you, then be able to field it otherwise. He said it was spinning in a funky direction, and it kinda was. You could see it on the on the replay. But yeah, after that, get away from the ball because you don't want anybody to have any like, you know, contact that you don't want. So, unfortunately we, you know, did not field the ball. I wish we would have been able to.
3: How much, need, how much improvement have you seen out of the punt return game since James has, has taken over the last couple of weeks? I think it's
2: been good. I think our interior has done a good job. I thought we are playing pretty well on the perimeter. Um, have not had any penalties in recent weeks, which is, which is a positive thing. So we'll keep emphasizing that, but He's done a good job of getting downhill and, you know, getting what he can get. And I think we averaged like 15 return last week, which was good. Just missed that opportunity, which we would have loved to have had, you know, we probably get at least 15 on that return, maybe more. And then now we get drive start on the on the one, two, whatever it was. So that was unfortunate for us.
4: Bobby, we've talked about your emphasis on not getting those holding in or- Blocking the background. Yeah. But, I mean, all special teams coaches want that. How do you – what is your secret to uh, um, such a minimum number that you've had this year?
2: No, I don't think it's – I don't think there's any secret to it. I think it's, you know, the emphasis that you put on it, you know, each week and then trying to educate our players on how the game is being officiated and then support that with, you know, clips from throughout the league where other teams are making fouls. And then you can kind of like understand how those calls are being made. So I think our guys have a good understanding on how we need to play and how we need to play clean. number
4: of penalties you've had on those returns? On the
2: return game? I don't. What
5: What kind of impact has he been able to bring your team?
2: Mike Ford? He brings a lot of energy. He brings a lot of speed, toughness. He's the kind of guy you want to be able to coach and to, you know, impact your, your unit. Our guys gravitate towards Mike. Uh, he works he works hard week in and week out, puts a lot into it, prepares well. So he's he's done a nice job for us. Been a good spark. How was he
6: grown this season just in that learning and growing more
2: comfortable in that role? Who's that?
6: Mike, sorry. How he grow this season?
2: Yeah, I think he's done – I think he's done a nice job. He's he's a guy that I've always liked watching on crossover tape, have never really had the chance to go against him consistently, not being in, like, the same division or anything like that. But he's he's done a really good job for us. I think he's improved for sure as the season's gone along. And he's a guy that, you know, we look at to, you know, give us some, you know, energy to that unit. He's really he's – he's an infectious player and uh, – I enjoy coaching them.
7: Along those lines, I mean, how important are those, like, core kind of guys who have that energy when you're a new coordinator on this team and trying to establish things, and how
8: helpful is he with just that intangible stuff? Yeah, I
2: think, you know, I think that when we first started, it took a little bit longer to to get that, what is it, the camaraderie amongst our, our group. And now I feel like we have, you know, I would say good continuity within the unit. You know, you have Matt Adams, Mike Ford, Jordan Kanasek, Tony Fields, all those guys, Pierre Strong, all those guys have done a really good job and complement each other well. We're doing a, I think we're doing a good job of playing complementary to each other within the, within the unit and everybody feeding off of each other and playing team football. So I think that's been good for our unit.
4: What stands out to you about this Jacksonville special teams. You know.
2: They're a good, they're a good unit. I've gone against this this team for the last 5 years being an Indy in that same division. I've gone against their coordinator both as a player and as a coach. Um, Heath does a nice job with them. I think they're a tough I think they're a tough group. They've got some instinctive players and in, uh 42 Wingard, 57 Johnson, both those guys are really good players. They have good specialists. Brandon McManus is a veteran kicker who's been in the league for a long time in Denver. And then I think their punter is one of the best in the league. I think he's super talented. Uh, Cook, number nine. He's 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 very, very impactful player for them. So I think that he does a really good job for them.
1: But with the weather, who knows what it's gonna be Sunday, right? It might be windy and rainy, but Randy so it could be whatever. But yeah, you, you never know what you're going to get here. Do you have any different message for you guys? Do you have any different, I guess, coaching points when it could be an issue for the first time?
2: No, I mean, we, we've we played in some weather games this year. and You know, the opener against Cincinnati, we had rain in that game. So, our guys will be ready to go.
6: I know things happen, game, but did you and did Dustin come talk to you at all? Or, like, you guys have conversations after the missed extra Yeah, the missed
2: PAT. We just need to we need to convert. We really do. He needs to, We need to do a better job of really just focusing on making that kick and doing everything we can to have the best mechanics, the best finish. Can't can miss that opportunity. We needed to be able to convert there. That hurt our team, and yeah, it was unfortunate.
3: Is there any commonalities with what he on that kick and the one he missed in Baltimore in terms of, of what he did on those kicks?
2: I don't think so. I think you know, each every every play, every kick is different. Um, we're playing in a controlled environment inside, where there's really not a lot of. I mean, there is open air in that stadium, but it's not anything that would affect anything like that. I think we just got to do a better job of finishing on the kick and really focusing on our mechanics.
0: Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt talked next. He talked about what he saw from Joe Flacco on Sunday and how everyone in the wide receiver room has to step up if Amari Cooper can't play on Sunday. I to you last
1: week. You said Joe obviously has a lot left in the tank. Right. So after he played Sunday, um, what impressed you most about able to take <laughs> the game on
9: Sunday? Yeah, I'd say probably the, the third and 14th throw to Amari. That was very impressive. That caught itself, really. And that's just um, a lot of throws he made. You know, uh, you see it. Um, you know, obviously he can stretch the field um, for sure. So, uh, real impressive for a guy to come off, you know, without a, <laughs> an off season or anything really and step in and, and be productive. So, I'm proud of him.
1: You mentioned being able to stretch the field. He thought that should finally show up, or that it showed up in the run game in the second half. Like, do you think that's something that will carry forward that his the ability to hit all parts opens things up in the run game? Absolutely.
9: Yeah, it definitely will. It all plays together, obviously, um, you know a little different style of, of QB than we've had, but that we're, we're used to that. So we can always adjust and adapt and always going to play to our guys' strengths, whoever's in there.
6: Just taking a hit, absorbed a blow, you know, been out there with his teammates, had the pads on again. How much better do you think he'll be this week if, if he gets Oh, a ton. Start?
9: I mean, there were a handful of plays in that game where, um, you know, if he'd been here through training camp and knew all the adjustments and rules that, you know, we weren't on the same page oftentimes, not often, a few times where, a week better of just understanding the system, we'll, we'll, we'll clean that up.
5: So I'm kind of just peeking at his wristband a couple of times, right? even over un, under center. Is, that, is he just getting like the last little details on pass routes or what, what's on there that's happening? Well, we'll play
9: Collins always is difficult, you know, especially when you're just getting thrown into the mix like he is. So, um, you know, it's just a, you know, the wristband is kind of like a uh, security blanket just in case. Um, You know, he does a great job of learning the play calls each week, and that's just in case you need it. So we'll call the play to him and say, hey, by the way, it's wristband. So a lot of times you'll see quarterbacks just refer to it, make sure they're calling it correctly. Uh, When you get to the line of scrimmage, you're just, oh, shoot, what was it again? Kind of confirming it, and that's where we are right now.
5: Yesterday, like, a lot of that play action looked really good with him. Is that just because he's got all those little subtleties down so well? I mean, is his size went to that as well. Yeah, yeah, I
9: mean, hits. that's how he grew up under center, you know, running the ball and then play action. So all the ball handling he's very familiar with, um, that's something we definitely put a point of emphasis on, um, is making him look as much like the run as possible. I was a couple a surprise, drop
4: yeah. passes uh in that game in uh, in L.A. What, what do you think the common thread to, to that is? Because you've been, not you, but the team's been dropping more than
9: many times that you've been here. Yeah, Yeah, again, I don't think it's anything that uh, we've done differently. You know, to be honest with you, you kind of go through these streaks um, at times. I mean, we we work fundamentals of catching every day. So it's nothing that uh, that we've not, like, all of a sudden stopped catching the ball at practice like we do it daily. So, you know, sometimes it's just, oh, man, I got the drops right now. It's like my my driver, you know. (laughs) Oftentimes it's left and then all of a sudden it's right. um, So we just got to correct it and, and, you know, not, not worry about it as much as, as just getting, hey, just catch the ball, and we will. You
4: don't think it has anything to do with uh, guys getting used to a different quarterback all the time? I don't think so.
9: You know, I, I, do, I don't. I don't think there's a huge difference of velocity from each guy. Um, there is some difference, yeah. Um, but that hasn't seemed to be the issue with whatever quarterback, in the last few days or few weeks, we've dropped the ball. So we've got to handle the ball better.
6: Just I know that, um... You probably want to leave this in Kevin's hands, but I could, just to get it on the record, I mean, mm-hmm. can you announce yet or say anything about whether or not Joe will start? Yeah, yeah. we're still
9: working through all that, Mary Kay. Um, you know, we're, we still have to get Dorian all the way through the process right now. So um, until he officially clears, there's no real decisions to be made.
7: The, you know, you guys, I know you can't control the injury situation week to week, but this, this has been an ongoing, challenge for you guys mm-hmm. this year. Um, when you're going through these weeks not knowing who your starter is going to be, um, is that as big of a deal for you guys as maybe outside the building sometimes it gets made out to be?
9: Um, it's a big deal. Again, it just, uh, it's, it's our jobs as coaches, again, to put a plan together to put whoever that player is in the best situation uh, for success for him and for us. So. Again, it's, it's uh, you know, honestly, after going through the COVID years and all that, this is like, yeah, it's part of the deal now. Um, adjust and adapt, and it's a, it's a bottom line business. we got to find a way to win games, regardless of who's out there.
3: I just want to clarify, so is, is Dorian still in the protocol right now? I do have to
9: talk to those guys. As I know, I think there's one more box to check before it's, you know, all go. But I'm not 100% sure you have to check with those guys.
5: You were a backup quarterback. You understand the value of them as well as anyone. Has this has this season, because of all these injuries, changed the way you think teams are going to value backup quarterbacks? The backup? Going
9: um, it can. It's organizational. I mean, how you how you um, to deal with those positions. It's money based a lot of the times. Um, but that's an important role as an ex backup. You know, I would like to like like the running backs are you know trying to get like, let's go over the backup quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, it's important to have one. We, we've had some good success with, with the guys we put in in those positions. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always, uh, again, like another security blanket. But, again, the guys have stepped in. You know, PJ won two games for us. Dorian won a game for us. Joe's going to win a game for us eventually down the road. So, you know, feel good about how we've gotten these guys prepared to play, regardless of who's in. Does
1: Elijah getting 12 targets, does that speak to their relationship, just game
9: flow, all the above? Yeah, a little bit of the above. I think the uh, the injury to Amari, um, obviously put him into that spot, which is going to get the targets. And I think the, the familiarity between those two only helps. If there is a decision to
6: be made between Joe and Dorian this week, is it kind of difficult to evaluate Dorian if he is still in the protocol and is a little bit limited? Do you feel like you're getting a clear picture of how he's working back into things?
10: Yeah,
9: I mean, we're working him back in now. I and mean, Again, that will come down to a later in the week decision. Um, it does it. it does, yeah, sure it does. It does add a layer to it. but. Uh, Again, we have to wait to to see the final, um, you know, end of the week results to see what we can do.
4: If Dorian does clear, is there something in his game that would make you think um, he would give you a better chance to win than with Joe?
9: Um, Right now, again, it's not a a decision to be made at this point. I think both guys give us a chance to win. I feel confident in both guys. I really do. Different players, um, you know, but definitely I think both can give us a chance to win. Again, that'll be a decision made later in the week.
6: What are your thoughts on a little bit of you know platooning or a package of plays for uh, Dorian if he's cleared?
9: Uh, yeah, again, I mean that's that's always a possibility if he makes it. Um, you know, again, we're going to try to find as we do every week, try to find a way to win one game this week, and if that's using all the roster availability that we had, then then we'll, we'll, we could find a place for that.
11: With all the drop passes and the injury to Amari. Is there any chance of Austin Watkins getting
9: some play time? Um, that's, you know, something we'd have to discuss. Uh, he's definitely, you know, from his preseason work shows that he's, he can make plays in the league for us. Um, you know, not exactly sure of the availability of those guys, but he is definitely an option.
1: Without Amari, how do you if he doesn't play, um, how do you handle it? He's such a big part of what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, who needs to fill that Yeah,
9: play? everybody, really. It's big shoes again. Um, Everybody's going to have to step up. David Bell's going to have to step up and make plays. He does every week. He's Mr. Consistent. You know, you ask Dave to do a job, he does it, and he catches the ball. I mean, he's just you feel really good about him um, taking some of those reps. You know, Elijah will play more um, in that position at times. Uh, and then said, he continues to grow and come on. So those are the three main targets. Uh, and then our tight ends will have to take some of that weight as well. So we'll have to spread the ball around. Um, but we did a good job of that last week. I think we had nine receivers. so. You know that's something that, that we feel good about. We're definitely going to have to find multiple people to fill that role.
1: Did you also see David Njoku become more targeted in that. Absolutely. Day? You
9: know we. You know each week you go into it, you think about the players and not the plays, and David's top on that list.
7: Harrison some more. Harrison Carter to on for you last week. Just where where's his game at right now?
9: Yeah, Harry's a really smart player. Headsy. Um, Always in the right spot, always doing the right thing. Uh, it's good to see him have success and catch a touchdown pass. I mean, he's a really good route runner. Um, you know, he's, he gives you everything he's got in the, in the run game. He's physical. Um, some of the kickout blocks he's doing right now for us, that's a physical block. Um, so, again, just trying to find skill sets or use our guys' skill sets in the best position to put them in on game day. But I'm glad to see him get in the end zone. That was good.
6: Protocol and will he
9: practice today? I'm not sure where he is. I think he still is. I'm not 100% sure, Mary Kay. I know that uh, there's still more hurdles. You know, this you know it's different now than it used to be. But yeah, he's got to check some more boxes, I believe. Thank you. We started
6: coming for the Jaguars. What stands out about their defense that are the biggest
9: challenges for you guys? Yeah, solid group. I mean, obviously they're ranked highly uh, in DVOA, so it's it's a really good defense. They're really good against the run, so great challenge for us. Um, the edge rushers are, are, are special too, um, so having ability to make sure we're we're taking care of those edges uh, is a big part of it. But really skilled defense plays a lot of a lot of defense, a lot of different looks. So the communication is important um, uh, for us and how we ID things. But really impressive to watch those guys work. They do a nice job. Caldwell has been in the league a long time. Um, I followed his career. I want to say we came out around the same time. Um, so I've always followed his career. He does a great job. He's been around some great coaches, and it shows their scheme is is good. Their pressure package is is, a, is really good as well. So big challenge. Yeah,
6: they, there's a number of games this season. They've um, touched teams to under 100, 100 rushing yards. So when you look at their run defense, I guess for you guys, as you look at
9: how to balance the run game to pass game, what is the biggest challenge? In that? For us, we, I mean, for the run game, for us, we got to stay in positive... Plays. Um, you know, we had a couple of TFLs last week that kind of scared us a little bit in the run game and really didn't get it cranking until the second half. So for us, it's coming out and being efficient on first and second down in the run game.
10: A, if, if, um, if the decision ultimately is Dorian this week, obviously he can't be on the practice
9: field while he's in protocol, but can you give us an idea of what he is able to do to prep for a game while he's in the protocol? Sure. Um, you know, he's in practice now for us. So that there's different levels of that protocol. So right now, he's available uh, for work. So he's getting work out on the field, getting reps. Um, and again, he's just whatever he has to do at the end of the week to get a green light, we'll see. Um, but that's what he's doing. He's, you know, he's not off the field right now, he's with us.
0: Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz was the final coordinator to speak. He talked about how they are preparing to face two QBs this week and the value that he places on getting sacked.
6: Jim, heading into this game, uh, what's it like kind of not knowing whether you're going to have Trevor uh, or CJ and how does it
10: impact your preparation? Yeah, um, there's a lot of uncertainty going into this game from just the weather. You know, is, how sloppy is the field going to be? How much is rain going to affect the game? How much is wind going to affect the game? And then, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence plays and he's himself and he has his full mobility. Maybe he plays and he doesn't have his mobility. Um, and then maybe he doesn't play at all and, and Beathard plays. Um, so I think that, you know, we, we, our, our game plan is probably about 25% bigger this week, and it's not actually going to be 25% bigger within the game. It's going to be 25% bigger to be able to handle all the different things that have come up, fortunately this time of year. Um, adding stuff that maybe you'd done earlier in the year it doesn't take as much gasoline to get to the game plan, but it's it's definitely um, you know it's it's definitely got to be on our radar with how the game is being played from a personnel standpoint, and then also from a um, a weather standpoint, and we got to prepare every everything in between, you know maybe it's maybe it's so windy that it's hard to throw the ball, maybe the wind's not having an effect. Maybe the rain—it's raining, but it's really not having effect, and the field's still good. Maybe the field is sloppy, and change of direction means a lot. So, you know, all that stuff goes into consideration in this game.
5: Jim, always sat Miles. I think from one series last week. I don't know if he was on any kind of pitch count or anything like that. Um, he didn't feel like the shoulder bothered him too much.
10: Just, what was your take on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just let him speak for himself when it comes to when it comes to that stuff, but you know the information was you know full steam ahead and go. they certainly took a lot of um um concern for him when he was in the game. I'm talking about the Rams, and then Stafford was throwing the ball so quick um you know i I wouldn't see you know him not getting any sacks or even not having any tackles have anything to do with um with anything other than the way the game plan and, and their game plan went down. Um, but I think, you know, you look back, we, we've been two weeks now without a defensive line sack. And for us, that's, that, that's, that's not us. We're not built that way. We're built, we, we put a lot of resources up front. Um, we have a lot of good players up front. We have a lot of talent up front. And we're at our best when we can generate pressure with four-man pass rush. And in that game, the only time we were really able to generate any pressure was some um, some blitz stuff. So we got to get back to that. We got to get back to to, um, to clocking the quarterbacks and to um, building everything off of our four-man pass rush. And that's just not miles. That Z and Oboe and Balvin and everybody else. We play eight guys up front. Everybody gets significant reps up front. So we just haven't had, you know, one guy not have sacks for a couple weeks. We've had eight guys not have sacks for a couple weeks. And that's, um, you know, that's something that's definitely on our radar. And when we're at our best, we can blitz on our terms as opposed to having the blitz to get uh, pressure. We're built that way. I expect to get back to that. How,
4: Jennings. Um, it looks like you have Denzel Ward back. Um, how, when you didn't have them in the last two weeks, how did what kind of ripple effect does that cause in the secondary?
10: Well, it, it does change some of your positions, like Greg Newsom went from playing the slot to outside, and then we were replacing the slot, and then the next week he went back to the slot, and then the other guys were outside. So, continuity-wise, there is a little bit of that, but he's just a really good player and was playing at a really, really high level. And, you know, anytime you take a player like that away from you um, or away from your, from your group, there's going to be some adjustments and things like that. We don't have any excuses. Our, you know, our standard is the same regardless of who's playing. But um, excuses and reasons are different things, right? And Denzel Denzel means an awful lot to us. If we're able to get him back this week, I'm sure that will give us a, a boost. Um, if he's not, then we're going to have to – we're going to have to um, – you know, figure out other ways to compensate and to be able to play, because the other the other teams also know when Denzel's out there. And um, like I said, he was playing at a really, really high level. And, um, you know, as he's getting closer, whether he's able to go this week, how much of, you know, he'd be able to go this week, or if he's not able to go this week, we just got to be able to play that as it comes out.
3: And Jim, you, you mentioned the lack of defensive line sacks. Is it something schematically they were doing to, to, to kind of limit that, or, or what,
10: you know, when you kind of look back, what was, what, what... Yeah, you know, the last two weeks, like, so Denver, I thought was a different situation because Denver didn't throw the ball very much at all. You know, they, like 20, 20 throws or whatever. And Russell Wilson, we had some good rushes in that game, but we weren't able to finish the quarterback. He was scrambling around. So with that is number one, there wasn't a lot of opportunities. Number two, is um, he was tough to tackle, and you know was able to either buy time to make some throws or be able to scramble even if he didn't get the first down. Like the one fourth down, um, he got the first, but we we caused the fumble. Last week I thought it was uh, I thought it was different. They took an approach of trying to nullify the pass rush with quick passes. And getting the ball out of his hand um, quick. We got to be able to play it both ways. I think every game sort of stands alone. It was just, you know, when I say two weeks, it wasn't the same thing from week to week. But I, w- I would say this like, we're, we are built, we expect our D line to be the driving force of our defense. They are the engine that drives us. Um, we get our energy from them. And regardless of a mobile quarterback or quarterback throwing quick, we have to still be effective in pass rush. Sometimes it might look a little bit different, but we have to be effective in our pass rush. It when the quarterback gets rid of it so fast and they get three guys blocking miles. Yeah, I think a lot of that also depends on coverage. And I think you saw that a little bit earlier in the year when, um, you know, our coverage could make the quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer. And, you know, I think you go back and like watch the San Fran game and I thought that was one of the best games that we had as far as um, playing complimentary with our pass rush and our pass coverage. There were some real difficult things in pass coverage in that day. And we weren't always perfect. It was dirty a lot of times. And sometimes, you know, with all that, you know, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, all that um, motion and changes and everything else, we lost guys a couple times and we didn't have quick coverage on it but the pass rush kept the quarterback from finding it and there were other times where um where our coverage bought us a little bit of time to be able to get there so I would say this when when the quarterback is taking an approach of throwing a quick it does put more of a um more of an emphasis on tight coverage right you know don't give them quick answers you know and you you know, I, I don't. It, there weren't a lot of quick zone answers in that game, but there's there's some things we can execute better, and just a little bit in our man our, our man leverage wasn't great in that game. We had too many times that we lost our leverage, um, whether it was a boot, whether it was play action, or just a just a route, or even you know we ran a um, an exchange a zone blitz, and we gave up a big play on it. That that, that play, I mean. The passes we give up on that play should be five to ten yards. should never be a deep play. We didn't execute that well. Juan is real close to, um, you know, getting a sack or affecting the quarterback. We didn't make the quarterback hold the ball long enough. We didn't execute well in that. And the sub- yeah,
11: yeah. yeah. yeah.
10: Play, uh, what
11: was supposed to happen then? Was that a case of Stafford knowing you Taking advantage of
10: them. No, I don't know. I don't think it's knowing me because we didn't run that scheme when I was in Detroit. Um, but we—it's it, something that we've had a lot of success with this year. It's a—it's we have a lot of different versions of it. But we've had a lot of different. Uh, it's been a very, very high percentage play for us. We just didn't execute it well enough. I'll—I'll uh, I'll leave that to the PFF people and everything else. But—but we—we we definitely. We definitely broke down in our in our techniques. Like I said, that's a it's a it's no secret that that's a own blitz, but it wasn't executed the way it needs to be executed.
6: The fact that uh, the next highest sacker after Miles is Obo with three and a half, and Z only has two and a half. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that, and what else, what might you need to be happening there that's not happening?
10: Yeah, you know, sacks. You know I mean, obviously sacks are important to us, and I think one of the reasons sacks are important to us because there's such a high incident of turnover when it comes to sacks, right? Being around a quarterback and things like that. Um, but there's other times I mean, I'm I mean, going uh, take me off my soapbox here, but if you have a great rush and um, you're going to get a sack, and the quarterback intentionally grounds the ball. Okay, it's loss of down and you get the yardage of the sack, but the player doesn't get the sack. I always thought that was a sort of a, you know, a bad loophole there that um, the player wasn't credited for the good play that he had. But, you know, same thing, you know, if, if, the, if the pass rush forces a ball to be thrown quick and they have to throw short of the sticks or they throw incomplete. Was it an effective rush? I think, you know, when it's all said and done, we're trying to judge by more what their effective pass rush rate is, um, you know, their 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 pressures and things like that. We obviously want sacks and be able to finish. But sometimes, sometimes, you know, again, like if the quarterback decides to burn the ball and put the punt team on the field, as a pass rusher, does it make it less of a good pass rush for you? So I think we look at a little bit more stuff like that. I know Z – has still had a very high percentage of uh, wins in pass rush. And, you know, and pass rush for us is always a collective effort. I mentioned we lean on our four-man pass rush. And, you know, when you run games, when you run individual rushes, there's, some guys are going to get doubled, some guys are going to get one-on-one. Um, as long as we're getting pressure, that's what we look at. We look at the four-man pass rush. So. Um, yeah, we want our numbers up. I'd like our numbers up just for the individual players, you know. You know, th- they get judged on sacks, I, th- I think sometimes unfairly. But, you know, the other thing that comes up, like, you know, I-, I said a bunch of times, like our our D-line's job is to go mess some stuff up, right? And that last game we had zero sacks and we had a- only one tackle for a loss. And when we're playing our best, it's six or seven tackles for losses in a game, and second and 12, and second and 14. We were never able to gain that um, advantage in this ran games. We need to get back to those, those kind of penetration. Disruption on the run, you know, and this is just me on my soapbox, but, you know, if it's a run play and you get a four-yard tackle for a loss, second and 14. It's first and ten, and you get a sack for four yards, second and 14. You know, has it affected the defense, has it affected the play call The next play? Probably not. The biggest thing is the more you're around the quarterback, the higher the higher percentage chance for turnovers. And our turnovers haven't been where they need to be either. And I think that can be that can that can all get spurred by being around the quarterback more. I mean, is that also, Jim, I know you talked about it
7: last week a little bit, but the third down stops, and I know a little not quite on par with what you had been this past week either. Is that just a matter of still getting to the quarterback helps that a lot more?
10: Yeah. um, You know, I'm I'm not big on league rankings, but our percentage is still pretty good on third down and a bad day for us is probably not a bad day for you know a lot of the rest of the league, and that just goes to the standard and the way we played, and we need to be able to get back to that. But that ability to stop drives, um, extremely important to us. And, you know, just like Jeff had talked about with Denzel, Denzel means a lot to that. Our pass rush means a lot to us. We put a lot of time in our third down package. We have good players. We have a good complement of blitzes. Um, you know, and, and sometimes third down can be a good disinfectant for, you know, sometimes like maybe your run defense or giving up a big play if you can get that third down stop. It just disappointed this last game of, you know, we gave up the big play, which we shouldn't give up. But, you know, then, and then we played some pretty good football until there were six minutes left. I mean, basically you give up 13 points until there were 16 or six minutes left. And we just got a big third down stop, got the ball back for our offense, and then we had an unfortunate turnover. And then we just fell apart after that. And that's the thing that was most concerning about that game. It wasn't, you know, like, look, it's football you're going to have. Sometimes you don't execute as well. Maybe you give up a big play or maybe you don't get off the field on the third down. But, um, you know, I thought we were past that after that Baltimore game. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, like, like, like after that turn, we hold them to a field goal there. We get the ball back. Now a touchdown wins the game. We give up the touchdown right there. We don't execute very well. We give up the touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's a touchdown and a two point just to tie the game. Changed the di- the dynamic completely, and that's that's on the defense. That's on us.
0: The players were up next, and Denzel Ward talked first. He talked about how his shoulder injury is feeling and how devastated he was not to be on the field these past two weeks. How, how was
8: everything feeling? feeling good. Feeling good. Just excited to be around the guys. Excited to be with the team. So that's that's been. That's the best part. That's what I enjoy, just uh, the camaraderie and uh, being around my guys, being around the team. How hard
6: was it for you to be out these two games, especially knowing
8: they were the losses? Man, it was tough. It was tough. Um, We definitely uh, wanted those wins and needed those wins, but hey, we gotta uh, continue to push forward and find a way to get a win each week.
11: There was a news item just a few minutes ago that Trevor Lawrence practiced. Mm -hmm. So, are you guys prepared?
8: Yeah, I, I think we're uh preparing for him, uh preparing for him to play. Uh he's a great quarterback, uh great for that team and uh, their entire team uh brings a challenge to us and uh we just got to uh be ready to face that. Okay,
1: you know how you got that one tackle you came up your came
8: off? No, it wasn't that play. It wasn't that no. no. That it was it was uh earlier in the game. Yeah.
1: But you we were finished then just
8: yeah, yeah, it was uh, kind of bugging me throughout the game, but it was bearable. I was able to uh, push through it, and, um, yeah, it was earlier in the game. Seems
11: to be the, uh, the shoulder injury inside this room, doesn't
8: it? Man, I know. It's, it's crazy. I wish that wasn't the case, but, I mean, that's this game. Uh, injuries happen. Uh, every every year is going to happen. That's the worst part of this game, but stuff happens. Got to fight through it, find a way to still get a win each week.
11: Is it on an
8: tackle? Yeah, yeah makes Turner so good? Oh uh, man, he's, he's able to make any pass on the field, uh, got a very strong arm, um, goes through his progressions. Uh, he got playmakers on that side of the ball, but he's just an, uh, a, a high caliber quarterback in this league, able to make every throw, and uh, he's a good quarterback back there.
1: What about, about Ridley?
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got quick twitch, um, great route runner, um, good hands, um a playmaker for those guys so he's gonna uh present a threat for us that we're gonna uh i feel are up for the challenge and able to take care of him yeah i mean we just gotta uh we don't have to do nothing out the ordinary just be us like uh, like i said we put a lot of great tape out there on film uh we got the ability to to be elite elite defense in this league and uh, we just gotta play to who we are. Gotta play fast. Gotta play with that swag out there, and uh, play complimentary ball. So I think we'll get back to who we are and um, help our offense. I'll help special teams and help this team win.
7: And so this is obviously December. It's you know the make or break time of the year for teams mm-hmm. that are competing for playoff spots. How much can you draw from the twenty twenty season? I know it was real abnormal with the COVID protocols and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but. Can that experience of what you guys went through um, help you this time around as you go through another playoff uh, chase here?
8: Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, every year you're gonna be faced with a lot of adversity, and uh, just gotta try to find ways to overcome it, and uh, ultimately find a way to get a win. That's always the goal. Each week is to go one and zero no and get a win. And um, but yeah, just uh, find a way to overcome that adversity. But I think we're uh, capable of doing that.
6: Thing that I saw PFF had you as like the number one right in single coverage at mm-hmm. like a passer rating against mm-hmm. I think are you do you feel like you're having your best season in single coverage like
8: that mm-hmm. uh, I, I do honestly I feel like uh I am uh having one of my better seasons definitely right. uh in man-to-man coverage um but I count that to uh coach Schwartz my position coaches and uh Um, The D-line, being able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks and the back end. We've been playing a great complimentary ball uh, when I've been out there, and they've been doing a great job helping me out and and putting me in great positions to make plays on the ball and um, just be in great position, really. So uh, I feel I have been doing pretty well in that aspect, but... It's, it's, it, a lot goes into that and how I'm able to get necessarily one of the best uh, man-to-man coverages that rushes. They're putting a lot of pressure on that quarterback, making them get that ball out pretty quick. So I don't have to cover too long back there.
7: Obviously, this is the ultimate team. You know, back-to-back losses with you out, the defense having a little bit of struggles. Mm. How much pride do you take in being able to give them a boost? Yeah, I, t- I
8: take a lot of pride in that, I try to uh, be that spark and be that uh, big energy and playmaking guy out there as, as best as I can and doing what I, whatever I can to help my team win. So it's, it's, it's been hard for me and hurting just uh, being out uh, for my guys, I want to be there. So um, just feeling like I've been kind of letting them down, but um, just trying to fight to get back out there with those guys, is, uh, not, that's the goal, but just uh, try to do my b- best I can and be myself and uh, help this team win.
11: Denzel, you've had a, a few concussions. You know, the shoulder injury just now. Mm-hmm. At this stage, if you're clear, um, what is your attitude about the way you play? Mm-hmm. I
8: mean, you're not going to change anything,
11: mm-hmm. the way you
8: play, the way you tackle them, right? Nah, man, I'm, I feel I'm a, I'm a, play-making, I'm a playmaking corner. And, uh, I feel like uh, the, my, my team needs me and I, I need myself. I need this game. I, I love playing this game. And um, I mean, injuries are going to happen, Stuff is going to happen. Um, had, Like I said, I had a few concussions, but uh, I'm not too worried about that. Like I did my research and everything on that and uh, overcome those and I mean, it hurt my shoulder a little bit. But I mean, that's just how the game goes sometimes. You just got to try to find a way to um, continue to stay on top of my body and everything. And, and once maybe I do go out, uh, get back as fast as I can and get back out there. But uh, it's definitely not going to affect the way I play the game. I feel like uh, when I'm out there. Uh, I just do what I can to help my team win, and that's playing fast and physical and uh, being who I am. When you say you feel like you've been wanting the team down, why, you
6: know, why would you feel that way when you're obviously out with a, a short yeah. country that you can't do anything about it and you have been working yeah. so hard to get back? Why I you feel
8: that Yeah, I just, just want to be out there with my guys. That, that That's it. I uh, I know the, the team needs me, and um, I just, I just want to be out there with them, I'm out there uh, fighting with them and uh, trying to fight for the playoffs, so that, that, that's the biggest thing when I say I feel like I'm kind of letting them down. even though know, stuff happens, that's life. Uh, things are gonna happen and um, you're gonna be faced with situations where you may be out and may not be able to do certain things, but um, just trying to be the best me I could be. And uh, if I'm out, being a great coach, coach on the sideline and helping those guys out as best as I can, but uh, I know, for me personally, in this situation, is is best for me to be out on that field than than on the sideline as a coach.
7: Gonzalo, hey, what you said about dealing with injuries throughout your career, mm-hmm. so when you're out there, we know that you play at a Pro Bowl level, mm-hmm. but it has been something you have to repeatedly overcome and mm-hmm. come back and come back. What keeps you going? What keeps your head up when you're dealing with that over and over and over?
8: Yeah, I mean, I understand that the injuries are going to happen and stuff is going to happen with us football. I think I just compare it to life stuff. Every, Everything's not going to be perfect in life, and uh, things are going to happen. But it's about how you respond and how you overcome it. So I take a lot of pride in, in being able to fight back, and uh, regardless of the circumstance, uh, being able to come back and execute at a high level, uh, a play, and um, still doing my job. So I uh, said so that that's like Stuff is going to happen in life, but just being able to overcome.
6: I heard in the beginning that it, it may have been something to do with, the, with your labrum. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, was it something sort of structural that you?
8: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to disclose any uh, any sort of injuries or, or that, So, but um, I'm feeling a lot better and uh, just looking forward to get back with the guys.
0: Joe Flacco was up next. The quarterback talked about how good it felt to be back on the field and what it was like playing at Cleveland Browns Stadium all those years with the Ravens.
7: Joe, do you feel like this week you have a better handle of everything now that you've played a game, you've kind of gone through that
5: experience and gotten that out of your system?
12: Um you know, I, I think I had that first week that I was here where I, I wasn't you know active at all to kind of break myself in so the last I th- every week kind of gets you a little bit more comfortable but I, I don't really think it's necessarily the process I think it's just kind of now getting with the individual guys and getting a feel for you know the, the little details more so than the, the big picture plan
1: Is there an area where you look at the first game and say this is where you could take a jump in the second game?
12: Yeah, um, you know, listen, in the first game, it was really not a very physical game for me. I think our offensive line did a great job. I think there was just times where, you know, I threw the ball away, which is is good. Um, but at the same time, I felt like there was a couple different times that maybe, I, you know, I, I could have moved, uh, maybe drugged the play out a little bit more, um, did certain things like that. Um, and then there, there were a couple plays where it was just like the little details of whatever that play may have been. there may have been two or three plays where, you know, that kind of, I lost it for a second, you know, and, and we didn't do, you know, we threw an incompletion or whatever. So, you know, th- those were probably two areas that we can, get, I can get a little bit better. Seems like so, you so the
11: time away affected your decisions more than anything physical?
12: Uh, well, like I said, I think it was a very, I guess it was a very, easy first game in terms of the physicality for me. So I don't know if it's like a great measure of how my body's necessarily going to react to the physical nature of it. But I mean, I listen, I know that um, I'm not in my 20s anymore, but you know, 38 isn't super old in the real world. So uh, I I feel like I've done a good job of keeping myself in shape. But anytime you go and step on that field and any, any year really for a quarterback, it's kind of week to week how your body feels physically, just because you're not in the middle of the line banging heads every single play. It, it really comes down to how many times did you get, you know, did you land on that ground? And
11: I can't imagine just throwing the ball and executing play fakes. I mean, that was not a problem.
12: No. I, you know, I made sure I kept my arm in, in good enough shape and all that other stuff. You know, it, there's definitely a, an element to it that's like riding a bike. You just get back out there and start doing it. You're
5: telling us now, training camp is completely overrated. Right? You come right off the couch and, and do what you got
12: to do. Listen, I, I, I there's definitely parts of training camp I enjoy, and there's definitely parts of training camp that I can't say I was too disappointed on missing out on. Um, I'm sure a lot of veterans will probably tell you, "Oh, we don't need training camp. Let's just start the season." But uh, there's more to it than that. I don't think this is ideal. I think you I think you definitely like to you know, kind of rev up a little bit and get yourself going.
5: I was asking Kevin and Alex how sharp you were on all the little nuances and the play action, the hand position, all that stuff. That stuff all come back naturally, or is that stuff you really needed to work on this week to get ready?
12: I think how I do it, it comes back naturally for the most part. Um... You know, you, you don't realize how much of that stuff is also relying on the back and the line firing off and the back rolling over and making sure that he's, you know, as wide as he needs to be or as tight as he needs to be. And then obviously with each different coaching staff, they have little different nuances on how they do those things and, and how it sets up this play versus that play. So like I said, the way I've done it, yeah, it, it comes back pretty naturally, but there's always a little bit of different ways that coaches coach it that I need to get up to speed a little bit on.
4: Leaving a lot in your career. Is this place more difficult than others? Sometimes bad weather. You guys did face some bad weather here outside.
12: I think when you play in this division, which I have most of my career, um, you just you just have to get used to the fact that that's going to be the case. And, uh, both teams have to deal with it, and I don't think anybody. I don't care how long and how much you tell yourself that you love playing in this kind of stuff, and try to convince yourself that you, you can do it. I don't think anybody loves it, but you, you get used to doing it, and you, you have your ways. I mean, I remember back in the day, coaches made you wear the long studs, and you know fields have gotten better over the last 15 years, but that's still a factor. You know, you can see out in the practice field like you you want to be able to have guys. I, I would think more so than the ball and all that, it's footing and it's getting guys feet in the ground so that they can confidently run routes and put their feet in the ground.
11: Joe, it's been a while since you were with the team in this big playoff chase. So what do you feel about that? And the responsibility now that's on your shoulders of this game to game. How yeah. do you feel about that? Is that invigorating yeah. or daunting? Or what?
12: Yeah, listen, I. Uh, it's invigorating for sure. It's exciting. This is what you want. Um, there's always things. like it, it, when you're sitting by yourself and you're running through things in your head, there's always things that you're gonna think about. And that's why it is so important, and you always hear people say, just stay in the moment, be where you are. And that's the biggest uh, that's one of the biggest challenges for probably professional athletes is to try to stay in the moment as much as you can and just worry about today doing this interview Tomorrow, after this, going and taking care of my body and going into the meeting room. And if you let your mind wander, five days from now, four days from now, three days from now, you're just doing yourself such a disservice. And more importantly, you're doing your team a disservice because you don't want to think about outcomes. You want to think about doing your job and and everybody else doing their job side by side and letting everything else take care of itself. Okay, Amari, Amari Cooper, still in the
6: concussion protocol. How much are you, you know, really hoping he can rally and, and get out there and, and help you guys out
12: this weekend? Yeah, I think we talked a little bit after the game about him. Uh, he's a special player. Uh, he definitely pops off the screen at you and just the way he runs his routes and catches the football. So um, I'm really rooting for him to get out there and, and help his team out. He's a, he's a big deal. Joe, you
7: completed to nine different receivers. Um, but just you know, stepping in here, what have you learned about this group of receivers and how challenging it is, is it for you having to learn that volume of guys and just maybe the, the different ways they, they like catching footballs?
12: I think for me, ultimately, when it gets to game day, I'm able to kind of put that stuff aside and just go play in rhythm and trust the fact that, I'm, that those guys are going to be in the spot they are and not stress about the fact that I haven't thrown to them for a ton of time. The thing I've learned about these guys so far is that they put their head down and they work, and they're a great receiving group in that way. Just wanting to get extra throws, and then when we at, when we're at practice, just committing to what we're doing and going out there and working hard at doing it. Um, I think it's a really well led group. They just look; they just seem to be mature, and even though there's a handful of young guys in there. Um, so I really just like the way they work and approach the day. So you, you know, other
11: than bad, you have more rooms <laughs> in this stadium than any opposing quarterback. So you're aware of that, I'm sure. You could pad that figure.
12: Well, yeah, hopefully I can, so, hey, we can get another know, one this weekend and, you know, see what happens here.
3: Joe, uh, you yeah. he targeted Elijah. So, go ahead, go ahead. You, you and Elijah obviously had a relationship prior to, to um, you, you get in here and on Sunday you know you target him like 12 times was that just sort of in the flow or, or how much you know
4: <laughs> <laughs>
12: yeah it, it, it was. You know, I, I, listen, I think when, also when Amari goes down and he gets put in that position, you're, you're gonna be put in some spots where you have individuals. And if you're one-on-one, you're gonna be the guy that's called on. So yeah, it wasn't like I was going out and targeting Elijah because my kids said, hey, in New York, he was awesome. And you gotta keep throwing to him. You know, uh, it's just kind of where it took me. And, um, you know. Joe, Yo, how your you
8: feel today, Joe? With being such a legend,
1: an MVP level quarterback, <laughs> six six. Oh, do we do we get to see any like
8: rollout plays? Are you running too? <laughs> Are we gonna see any of that? I don't know.
12: <laughs> Max, you Joe, we, you Joe, we all Joe, really to ask you about
8: uh, Trevor Lawrence's
6: practice today in um, Jacksonville. Um, so he returned to practice. What is it? You know, does that kind of ranch it up the you know the intensity of the the game a little bit, knowing that you might be going up against one of the best quarterbacks right
12: now in the NFL? Well, like I said, it, it's, it, you can't look forward to that. Uh, you have to stay in the moment. Um, but credit to him. I mean, listen, this league's about being tough and showing up for your team on Sundays. So if that's what he's trying to do and, and getting out there, and this is the, this is one of the st- those steps is, is going out there and practicing today. And, you know, so that's all I would say. is a, It's a credit to him uh, being able to get back out there and, and – and show up for his team. What do
1: you How
8: long did it take the moment and have that
5: to to pass team?
12: I don't know. I think there's probably times early on where you were able to do it really well and times where you just weren't, you know. Um, it's not you know, it's something that you constantly have to be on and and it's just part of that mental game and having that kind of uh, like routine that you go throughout the week that keeps you, you know, keeps you on track. Hey, Joe, if you don't have a routine, then you're always going to kind of be floating around.
1: So we remember your last trip to Brown stadium, right with the Jets, but you were here so many times at the Ravens. What stands out? Like, are there some memories from those trips that really stand out to you?
12: i trying to think. Um, I remember my, I remember my rookie year here for whatever reason. Um, Listen, the thing that playing in this division and coming here, you know, it's not an indoor stadium. It's an old school, not an old school, obviously, but it's a grass field outdoors. You feel the city of Cleveland. Um, you usually have some kind of weather, uh, so you know where you are. And uh, I don't know, it's definitely, that's the way you like it. You smell the grass, you just, it just feels like football. Um, and that's kind of this whole division is, is like that to a certain extent. Um, so I don't know that's kind of the, always the stadiums that have kind of attracted you know been attractive to myself is like when you can go out there and like I said smell the grass and feel like it's football weather and that's the time of the year we're in we're in December and we're in Cleveland and it should be a lot of fun. What kind of
6: reviews, Last did, you one. Get? What kind of reviews did you get from the five children?
12: <laughs> Not good uh, <laughs> I think they had a good time but oh, they just dwell on all the bad stuff so you know it's another, another test that I have to just get over mentally in de- dealing with those guys. So.
0: Wrapping up the day at the podium was Brown's all-pro offensive guard, Joel Batonio. He talked about how good Jacksonville's defensive line is and how the team can establish a strong running game again.
11: Oh,
13: I was uh, very happy for him. I mean, since, since he's been here, he's done so much in our community. Um, just the type of guy he is in the locker room, the leader he is. Uh, I would just say it's a big-time award, you know, congrats, and, and hopefully he gets some votes, you know, out there as well.
3: Joe, what's it been like with, uh, with Joe the last couple of weeks and, you know, kind of getting to know him and, and then finally getting to see him in a game, in the huddle, how how you handled all that? Yeah, it's
13: been good. Um, very calm, you know, he's, I think he's seen it all. A uh, lot, of, lot of experience, and I think he's picked up on the offense very quickly, understands what he he needs to do, and there was never really a a doubt in the huddle. He was confident, had the play calls in and out, knew our cadences, all that stuff was was very good. So um, a lot of things that you do when you're used to a new quarterback, he kind of had down already. Um, So it's been a good transition, you know, he's a good guy, it's easy to talk to, all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, you see him, you play against him so many years, he plays for Baltimore, he's been around the league. Um, and you, you get to meet him and you don't really truly know a guy until you're in the locker room with him. Was it
11: weird for you? Did you ever think you would be
13: playing with Joe? No, I mean, it is definitely a little bit weird. Like, I, you know, you see some of these quarterbacks and, like, even when I was coming up, you know, you play against, like, a Tom Brady or a, or a Peyton Manning, you're like, alright, when I was a kid, these guys were, like, doing big things and, and this guy, you know, I came in the league, and we're playing against Baltimore, he's, you know, won Super Bowls with them and stuff. Um, and so, no, you, you don't think you're going to play, but it, it's been good. Is, veteran,
7: is he see the uh, case study of training camp is completely overrated?
13: Yeah, maybe from, I, I think, I think some guys need to hit a little bit, get some position work in, but he said he was throwing with his brother, so he's, he's been ready to go, and uh, hopefully we keep him from not getting hit too much, and, and that way he can, you know, stay healthy and, and rolling out there.
7: Yeah, he did mention that um, he was appreciative, the game wasn't very physical for him, but um, does a guy like him who's the traditional drop back style quarterback that make your guys, jobs a little
6: easier up front?
13: Um, I wouldn't say easier, you know, I think our, our quarterbacks that have played this year have given us big play opportunities and stuff we just kind of know Joe's going to be in the pocket for most of the time, you know and he's going to have some pocket movement we're probably not going to see him scramble around a little bit back there um, but we're ready for anything
3: and speak of Jacksonville's defensive line, uh, I know the edge guys are, you know, are, are kind of where it starts, but overall that group and the challenge they Yeah, they're
13: very experienced. Um, they're big, you know. I think they kind of go into that like Pittsburgh-Baltimore style of like, hey, we want big guys that are going take up gaps. And they're a little bit different because they're not really two gappers. They're kind of penetrating a little bit more. But um, all of them are pretty talented, and I mean, if you look at them against the run, I think they're the best team in the league against the run right now, or one of the best teams. And uh, they've gone after the passer really well too. They have a good blitz scheme. Um, it's definitely a tough challenge up front. Um, but you know, a lot of respect for them, you know, and I think they have depth as well. And so they go out there and they all play hard, and they kind of rotate and they get guys in. there
7: especially, like, in the first half last week. It wasn't, like, up to your guys'
4: normal standard. So what, what do you have to do to make that more uh, consistent? Yeah, we got to
13: eliminate the negative plays. You know, I think if you go out there and you have – I think at one point we had, like, three or four negative runs in the first half, and those just – hurt you. You know, instead of, even if we can turn those into two-yard, three-yard gains, you're still going to have a chance to, to, you know, produce. And I think when you have these negative runs, um, you know, it dissuades the play caller from calling more runs. So we have to be positive. We have to be on our details and understanding the assignments. Um, you know, the plays were out there last week. It just really comes down to executing the assignment.
7: <laughs> mean
5: to you this year considering all the obstacles since, since week one or two that
13: we talked about? Yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, guys have been resilient this year. You know, we wanted our team to be as healthy as possible, and, and we've had some unfortunate injuries to some very important pieces. But to guys' credits, they've stepped up, and, and we talk about, you know, playing good football in December allows you to keep playing in January, um, and that's really our goal. So, you know, we got a, we got an AFC battle this week with a team that's leading their division. Um it's a huge one. You know, we, we gotta try and find a way to go one another this week and, and keep that momentum going.
5: What does that tell you
13: It's impressive. Um, you know, they, they they've done a good job going on the road and, and beating some some good teams and it's gonna be a challenge. You know, we we've seen them and, and we understand they, they've uh, you know had some very, very quality wins this year, so it'll be a big challenge for us. Well, uh, yeah, I uh, I was watching a little bit of the first half and then I I went to bed, so I didn't see when he got hurt.
7: Um, I know it's been a couple of years, but like, can you guys draw on that twenty twenty playoff run? <laughs> I, I get it; it was a, it was a weird year, but the fact that you guys were in, you know, yeah. you were able to win meaningful games that year, and you're just you're you're <laughs> in it this year. Yeah, I think
13: uh, twenty twenty actually has some correlations in the yeah, resilient like, factor because it was so weird with COVID, you know, there were so many different tests and days we couldn't practice and things got moved and the schedule got moved and guys were just like focused on the task at hand. And we've kind of tried to take that, um, approach this year. And I know we have a lot of new guys from there, but, but I think that approach is a very similar approach to this year and, and trying to find a way to go one and this week, no matter what is happening around us.
3: It seemed like Joe was completely in
1: control. Like just had, to, had to control the offense nobody was doing. How impressive is that Come I in just in that? seemingly know what like he'd been there for the
6: whole year. Yeah, it was
13: very good. I think it shows the experience, shows his work ethic. Um, you know, I know his, his five kids are at home right now, so he has a little bit more free time. Um, but no, he's... It's a testament to him, you know. We were in LA, and he, uh, he had a chance to really study the playbook, and even that first week when he wasn't going to play, I think you're just jumping into the, the book, and the coaches do a good job of telling him, like, hey, this is our plan, this is what we want to do, and... Um, it, it, it's a testament to him and his experience in this league. Did
12: you have to pare it down at all? Or is it, was it pretty much
13: no, it felt, it felt very normal. I don't know all the passing routes and stuff like that, but the run game and, and the protections and stuff was all very, uh, very normal.
0: Joel, does it help at all to be back at home now and, and try and bounce back from losing two games on the road like that?
13: Yeah, we, we love our home crowd. Um, you know, I think they bring a great energy uh, it's been fun playing, you know, down there this year. We got a little weather possibly this weekend, you know, uh, just the way we like it. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good, you know. But no, the, the home crowd is great, and, and getting back home after that long West Coast trip is is good. I think the energy will be good this weekend.
0: That wraps us up today on From the Podium. You can like and subscribe today to Data From the Podium wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to find more episodes, also make sure to check out the Browns on social media. Check them out at youtubecom Browns and on the Cleveland Browns mobile app. That's where you're going to get all the latest news as the Browns continue preparation for the 8-4 and four Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm Jake Malintzik, and thanks for listening to the Browns from the Podium Podcast.